Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Hey everyone, I'm Becky. And I'm Laura. And we are talking about the book Tess of the D'Urbervilles today by Thomas Hardy. If you have not read the book, uh, don't worry about it. Join us for the discussion because <laughs> it it is, uh, I wouldn't say it's like a super lengthy book, but you know, it, it's longer no. than some of our other choices. Um, yeah. So, you know, don't worry about it. Just listen. Because, <laughs> you know, it'll be fun to listen in. So just, just join That's us. That's our join. recommendation this week. Get, bring a chair up to the table That's and join. That's right. With your um, coffee. Just bring your coffee and listen. <laughs> just listen. I have my coffee. <laughs> oh, yeah. What are you drinking? Um, It's my usual. I did Standard. a little bit of a Christmas blend. It's my last little bit I know I use it for special occasions and oh oh, this is a special yes of course I get to talk to you (laughs) that's always special um makes me so happy (laughs) so and I I put a little caramel in it caramel nice I never say caramel 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 do you say caramel caramel I well, okay. I usually say caramel at home, but when I'm at a <gasps> you get store, I say caramel. At a store? And and here's why. <laughs> because sometimes I think they can't tell what I'm saying, and I want to make sure they put the car- the caramel in. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, there. and and what did you want in it? And I, I've had that enough times. Really? Where I'm like, maybe they can't tell what I'm saying. Huh. <laughs> and I just want to enunciate it really well, so yeah. I take the longer caramel so that they yeah (laughs) I know it's really weird it's very very strange because I've always said caramel and I have too like now whenever I order like if I order a drink with a caramel in it I'll say caramel and then they'll repeat it and say caramel so I know that they're set they know what I'm saying but they know they think that I'm saying it wrong I guess (laughs) I don't know if it's wrong necessarily I think just for like like I said for me I just want to make sure they get it because yeah. if they leave it out I'm gonna be sad yes so oh, I hear you because <laughs> if you're getting a caramel drink and you're expecting that yes it's really and sad I if and it's I drink it there. and there's no caramel yes. in it very disappointing yes and and I yeah and I don't always have time to go back yeah sets up your whole so. day really <laughs> it really can I know this is serious first world problems here <laughs> yes but exactly I, I, I know this really it's sad but when I go to Starbucks. Whenever I, I go to Starbucks, drink, and if they I... don't put the caramel in, <laughs> oh my word! I will turn right back around and get back. <laughs> they are going to make it correct for me. Oh, I heard a comedian once say that they are so passive aggressive that they <laughs> they get so nervous during like the time when they have to say their order to the person that and their order it didn't sound strange to me but apparently they get questioned about it all the time it's like I think they said it's coffee with iced cream in it so like you know ice coffee cream that's it okay but the way that they order it, for some reason, people don't understand, and they're constantly asking questions. And the guy was like, oh, my goodness, please, 
give me whatever you want. I don't want to. I will, I will literally throw it out on my way out and go to another Starbucks and order it there. Just stop making me talk. That's hilarious. That totally sounds like our society today. We have massive anxiety. I know. Yes. Even about ordering coffee. Well, I have to say, the other day we were at Panera. Uh Uh-huh. And um, there was something. Oh, I know. They, they like. A couple of the kids had ordered, ordered bread bowls. Well, when mm-hmm. we got over to where they gave you the food, yeah. they were like, somebody forgot, Somebody must not have told the lady at the cash register, but we're out of bread bowls. Mm. And she was like, can we just, like, give you, like, a bowl of soup instead of a cup mm. and then, like, give you extra bread? And I was like, that's fine. Yeah. You know, whatever. And um, so then Brittany, of course, she, I mean, she's a bread fiend. So yeah. she had eaten through all her bread, which was you know, because I knew she was going to. <laughs> right. um, she's like, I do want some more bread. And I'm like, okay, go on and let them know that you'd like some more bread. And she totally didn't. I was just Aww. like, you know, when I was her age, yeah, no way. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> no way. Yeah. I mean, I was really proud. I was like, look at you. Good job. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So. That's yeah. awesome. I, it totally, it's, it's. I, I don't know why, but I think we've got some real anxiety issues in yeah, our society. Yeah. Well, you know, I think. In, well, Actually, I do kind of know why, but, you know. Right. Anyway. There's, a, there's a lot of reasons, especially recently. It's a lot of them. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I Anywho. Mean, for those of you that are really not just enjoying this discussion, it's because Laura and I haven't talked in like a week and a half and yes. so you're just getting it on our phone conversation basically we're just having a regular old phone conversation and you guys have to listen to it just hit the 30 second button you could, just yeah. hit it a few times every every 10 seconds skip forward just skip a few oh my god okay so yes. um i know you're not drinking coffee right now tell me what you are no. doing um, so I'm not drinking coffee right now because, um, I had actually decided to give it up for Lent and, um, it's just one of those things where I hadn't given it up for a while. Yeah. Um, and it had become very much a daily thing, which mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily wrong, but, um, it's just a reminder to me that, you know, and anything else that comes anywhere near to being on the throne is, yeah. is dangerous and so um, it's just a reminder to me that christ is on the throne yep not anything else Mm -hmm. um even daily habits like coffee um and it's it is pretty sad how much i've missed it honestly (laughs) i mean it's really kind of tragic how much i have missed it but um it's a comfort totally yes exactly i will so tell you laura last week (laughs) there's another story that nobody cares about um (laughs) 30 seconds hit it now just go ahead and hit it um micah uh did a challenge at school every year apparently they do this challenge with all the the whole school so primary and middle school where they try not to do any technology to the best of their ability if they have to do something for school or you know whatever they i think they could listen to music but they couldn't you know watch tv couldn't play on their phones um now for how long is it it was for from monday morning to friday morning and so we had said um we'll we'll go ahead and and do the tv part with you so last week we yeah we didn't do any tv um 
and it was hard. Like it's yeah. I was surprised at how off I felt, which is horrible. It's horrible. Isn't it sad? Yes. I mean, you just kind of go like, oh, this will be easy. I can do that. Yep. You know? Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, my word. I look to so many other things for comfort yep. and mm-hmm. yeah. just to feel like my what I think is myself. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, oh, my word. It's like somehow wrapped up in my identity. It's the, That's messed it's up. the things that I do at certain times during a day that really mess yeah. me up because I am very much a schedule person. You know that I'm like, yeah, I, I stick to my, you know, regular yeah, your daily routine programs. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but like when Allie takes a nap, that's my time to watch a show. Like that's just always. Yeah. And when the kids go to bed, I like to watch a show with Nathan. Right. So that's just yeah. our thing. And like, I, it was really funny little confession here i thought that nathan would have a really hard time with it i was like "Mm, he's gonna have such a hard time with this and then it came around and i was just like twiddling my thumbs like in the corner like what do i do what do i do and nathan was over there enjoying a puzzle and like playing games <laughs> that's awesome with the kids and i was just like i mean i tried to do some of that but at the same time i i was in here's where i struggled i was like if i don't um if i don't have a time of just like sitting down and having you know a guilty pleasure or something then i am constantly working i i uh, yeah like my mind is in Okay, clean up the kitchen. Now, vacuum. Now, da, 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 da. What else yeah. can I do? What else can I clean? Yep. What else can I prepare? Um, and that's yeah. where I was all week. So there were no down times for me unless I would sit right. down and then I would be like, well, now what do I do? Because because I am that type of person that doesn't, yep. like, I do have. And that makes sense. Yeah. And even at, like, Nathan was like, you read all the time. Why don't you read? And I was like, that's my bedtime routine. <laughs> I was like, You're I have to do that at here, bed. Man. And that helps me relax at, you know, when I go to sleep. And it was just a hot mess over here for me. I totally get that. Yeah, so, I really do. It's just, uh, yeah, it throws off everything. And you really start to go, oh, yeah. Lord, what is, this is what? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. I mean, I know my identity's in you, but I don't live that day to day. So it, you know, uh, yeah. I was it's, even it's an saying to Nathan like last year for Lent, I, I got up, um, and would do like a Lent book at like five in the morning, and that was when I did my devotions, and so I, yeah. I essentially I gave up that. sleep last year. Um, right. Not you know. I mean, I gave up. Sleeping until the last Sleeping in, for minute. sure, yeah. <laughs> um, at, but, you know, I've been doing that recently, like, for the past couple of months. I've just decided just that's my habit now. Nice. So I, I even said to him before when I gave up something for Lent, like, I, I, I don't know, like, during the day, I've, 
I've already met with God and not that I can't meet with him throughout the day, but like my sitting down devotion time is already done for the yeah. day. So I don't even, I like, I was just So lost. even that is sort of, yeah. it was crazy. But oh, I think part word. of it too was I didn't prepare mentally for it because I really have to do that. Yeah. And I also didn't, wasn't thinking of, of it as a spiritual thing. Um, like yeah. I just was like, oh, I'm going to do this. And right. I didn't like prepare my heart, I guess. So I think that's something I've been learning more and more this year is just that, I mean, we expect to be able to just kind of coast through our days. And I've just been learning more and more about how, I mean, as much as we want it not to be the case, every single day is a battle Yes, and every day and every moment of that day is a battle. Yeah. And whether we come out victorious or not, it just, it really depends on whether or not we're seeing it for what it is, you know? Um, and, and other factors, that's not the, you know, mm-hmm. obviously we need to re- rely on, on God and we need to be, you know, yeah. there's a lot that goes into it. But if you don't even recognize that it is a battle, yeah. then you kind of already lost. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. Um, yeah. that's something that I think God's kind of been like showing me too. And I'm like, but I don't want it to be that way. And he's yeah. like, well, it won't be forever. Right. You know, but, right. It, you know, yeah. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah. um, total total rabbit trails there people yep there you go if you're if you're still with us <laughs> still fast if you're forwarding, still here still fast forwarding <laughs> so anyway tess of the durbervilles yes tess. Um, um so yeah so do you did you were you sorry i don't want to step on no you're fine i was just gonna um tell about what we decided to do for dessert which isn't really a dessert but yeah we wanted to do, kind of. um, it does mention uh, strawberries in this book. And this was a really, this was yeah. uh, published in 1891, you know, so it's an older, yep. it's a classic. And um, so we thought it would be kind of fun to do a drink with this one. And we chose um, virgin strawberry daiquiris, which I love. Yeah. Um, yeah. In Toosh. fact, yeah, in college we used to make like virgin strawberry daiquiris um like you know just here like i think i feel like we bought Does them. somebody have a blender uh no i don't know how we made them <laughs> i'm like who did, did somebody live off campus i mean no. you must have known somebody off campus who would come and warmers. make them we weren't gonna have a blender <laughs> i don't that's funny. I wonder where you like. Where did I you don't make know. Maybe you went. Maybe you ordered them places or something. I maybe we did it maybe in a different room and, and not in our rooms. I don't know. But we got it for like somebody's birthday once. We got like the mix and stuff, and then we were totally hooked on them. So, I do love That's so a funny. good. Uh, they are they are pretty daiquiri. delish. Yeah. Yes, and we will be linking to a, a, a recipe in case you don't know. And they're not hard. No, not at in all. In case you don't know how to do it, we'll link to a recipe on the website, um, groundsfordiscussionpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I sort of, <laughs> we didn't do strawberry daiquiris in college, like um, virgin strawberry daiquiris, but we did um, for birthdays because everybody, I think it was our junior year, was turning 21. Oh. So we did, like, the fake bubbly stuff. But, oh, yeah. okay. Um, and then, because, of course, you know, we both went to Christian colleges, so there's yeah. no alcohol. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And I we were good I have girls. A, we were good little <laughs> girls. We was. Um, 
But but I do have a story about strawberry daiquiris that I totally forgot about until you mentioned it to me earlier. I'm like, I forgot about that. But um, so, and I don't even remember if it was strawberry daiquiris or if it was like pina coladas or what it was. It was, some it was kind something of like, fruity. You know, fruity, you know, drink or whatever. Yeah. Um, so when my friend Trisha got married, so there was like five or six of us that were pretty close in college. Mm-hmm. And um, most of us got married a year or two after college and then we all kind of you know we're at each other's weddings and stuff and um when she was getting married we had a shower for her of course like the night before the wedding because most of us were coming from out of town and i think were you there or something yeah, or did i just tell your, you about it was it was your shower wasn't it i think it was oh, maybe it was i think it was yours I thought it was and that's why friend. i was there but they were all there. Yes. It wasn't Trisha's wedding. It was my wedding. Yeah, I, I think totally Trisha forgot. was already married. I could be okay. wrong, but... Yeah. So, well, Trish got married after me, so she would have been oh, single okay. at this point. But okay. yeah. Um. So anyway, so, like, the girls were throwing me this party the night, you know, the night before my wedding. And it, it was in a hotel room where they were staying, <laughs> like, where the girls were all staying. And some, like, what part of the thing was they were going to make drinks for this party, and, like, whatever drink anybody wanted, they were going to make. And there was, again, only, like, six or seven of us or uh-huh. something. And you were there because um, you were my maid of honor. And so, like, at one point, somebody started pulling out the drink stuff. And they're like, and we're going to make drinks, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then Trisha goes um, something about, like, okay, just be careful because you're, like, right next to my bag over there. So, like, don't spill on my bag. And literally one <laughs> second later, <laughs> somebody spilled on her bag. I just remember I'm laughing sure so hard. Me. I'm like, pretty sure that was me. Uh, it was so hilarious. Yeah. I just I laughed so hard because I'm, and maybe you just had to be there, but like, it was totally it was literally all, like one second later. Yes, all over her bag, her stuff for the wedding. Yeah, like, I, I still laugh at that. I still think that's hilarious, dude. Good oh times, my gosh. Good times. Hey, now, anyway. now that we've talked about everything but Tessa the Durberville. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you want to give a little um, synopsis of the story? Yeah, I can do bring that. It down, um, bring it down. <laughs> I'm going to bring it down now. I'm still picturing it. Anyway. <laughs> So, okay, so Tess of the Durbervilles, um, we already say that it came out in the late 1800s, so I'm assuming that's basically the setting. There's no real date in the text. Right. But, um, you know, late 1800s time period um, in England, and I'm not sure of the exact, I know, it's, I know it says Wessex, but I'm not familiar enough mm-hmm. to know where that is. But anyway, um, so Tess is um, part of this family. Um, she grew up her whole life in the same area. And we actually first meet her at a May Day festival, which is why we decided to do something that's kind of May Day related. Right. And apparently strawberries are very sort of a, well, they're a spring fruit. Yeah. So um, that's one thing that you might have at a May Day festival would be something incorporating strawberries or maybe just plain strawberries. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so we, we meet her at this May Day festival and... Um, there's a lot of like foreshadowing and that kind of thing in this book. She actually meets a guy that she ends up um, later 
getting married to at mm-hmm. this May Day festival, but they don't know each other or mm-hmm. anything. Um, so anyway, her family falls on really hard times and they tell her that she needs to go and um, try to kind of throw herself on the mercy of this family who they think might be distant relatives. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what she does um, because they're kind of like it's their last option. They're going to be destitute. So that's what she does. She goes to this um, this family and it's a elderly woman and her son um, who I'm assuming is maybe... I don't know, 20s, 30s, somewhere Mm -hmm. in there. And um, basically, she ends up working for this woman, um, keeping some poultry for her and taking care of some birds and that kind of thing. And um, along the course of doing this work, she gets to know this guy better, who is the son. And he's kind of just a... Well, I think in those, those at that time, they would call it a wastrel or something. I don't know. Like, he's kind of just, like, not a good dude. Yeah. He's From the very of, beginning, he was, like, pushing himself on her. and Yeah. Like, always kind of there and always sort of, like, trying to get up in her grill. Yeah. And, yeah. And um, kind of, almost kind of creepy, yes. you know? And she doesn't really... She doesn't really have any defense, honestly. Mm. She's sort of out there on her own, and there's really nobody to protect her. Mm-hmm. So it ends up being that um, she, you know, is so much at his mercy that as time goes along, at one point, it ends up that he, um, like, tries to find a way to get her alone, and he does, and he rapes her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you... When you come back, you find out she actually had a, she got, she was pregnant and she had a baby, but the baby died. So then after this, she decides, right, like the baby's, right, the baby was a few months old, something like that. Yeah. Um, and so at this point she's like, okay, um, I'm what's considered like, you know, damaged goods or whatever. I need to get out of Dodge. Like, I just got to get out of here so I can be somewhere else where people don't know me mm-hmm. and I can, you know, work to earn a living. Um, so she goes to um, a dairy farm mm-hmm. and begins working at this dairy farm. And it's kind of in another, you know, like 30, 40 miles away, something like that. Not super far, but far enough that people don't automatically know who she is. Mm-hmm. And she begins working this dairy farm. And she meets a man who is, um, like, more along the the gentleman. Um, oh, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say he's actual nobility, but he's kind of like he's higher up in yeah. station. Isn't his dad um, a clergyman or something? His yes, his dad is a is a clergyman, um, which was considered you know that was a higher station right. than just right. you know. Um, you know, a farmer well, for sure or a farmer, yeah. a tenant. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so she meets this guy and they fall in love and he asks her to marry him. And she kind of keeps putting him off and putting him off because she knows that if he knew her secret, he wouldn't be interested. Well, eventually he convinces her and they do get married. And on their wedding night, they decide that they're going to like, tell all and just get everything out in the open this is and he a says, doozy, I've got a secret right yeah oh yeah <laughs> uh, yeah so he he tells her um 
that he is not a virgin, basically, and he had this one wayward couple of days when he was living in London. And he says, I was, like, disgusted with myself after, and I just, you know, that, that was it. And I just wanted you to know. And she, of course, Owell says, well, I, you know, I, I totally forgive you. Um, in fact, I have kind of a similar tale. And she tells him her story, even though, yeah, we'll get into it mm-hmm. anyway. Um, yeah, we will get into it. And <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> um, and he, you know, and that's actually the end of one of those sections of the book. And then when you come back, you find out he's absolutely horrified he cannot look at her the same way anymore he sees her as a completely different woman he feels like she deceived him um and played played the innocent when she wasn't um so they end up separating after i don't know a week or two or something not very long yeah and um he says you can write to my dad if you need money to live by but I just need to go. So he leaves and he ends up um, going to Brazil to try to find a farm that he can um, kind of carve from nothing in Brazil. And she ends up basically destitute. Mm-hmm. And after a while, she has worked a few different itinerant jobs. And um, at one of them, she ends up seeing the old... Uh, the guy that that raped her she ends up seeing him mm-hmm. and he notices her and he starts hanging around again and but he's supposed to have changed he, right yes yes he has um converted he's a christian now he um he doesn't you know he he wants to make amends supposedly mm-hmm. so he's hanging around and hanging around and pretty soon he just you know, Tess is telling him um, she doesn't want anything to do with him. Please mm-hmm. stay away from me. Um, and eventually he decides he really isn't a Christian and um, convinces her to um, marry him because, first of all, they already are married, supposedly, and her husband is never coming back. And at this point, Tess believes him because she hasn't heard anything and it's been you know like over a year or something like that so she thinks I am destitute I mean I'm I'm down to like no options Mm -hmm. and she really was Mm -hmm. so she basically just has to marry him so she marries him and um they go you know go live you know in this nice house they're renting and blah 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 and um, am I telling the whole ending here? No, you're fine. I think you should. Okay. Um, so in the end, uh, Angel gets back just too late. He's finally gotten her letters that she sent to him just asking, where are you? Why won't you come to me? And um, he's gotten all of those. Finally, they've come through. He's back in England. And he catches up with her. And it's like, I don't even know, maybe a day too late or something. Is She's just been convinced to marry him and so um she's obviously devastated and so is he he leaves knowing that he's probably never going to see her again and at right after he leaves she um kills the man that she married because she cannot believe that this has happened to her twice where she's been he's ruined her life twice now Mm -hmm. um 
And then after she kills him, she runs away and finds Alec, or um, I'm sorry, um, this other man, Angel, mm-hmm. and tells him what she's done and says, so now we can be together, basically. And they have, I don't know, a few days together or something like that mm-hmm. before the police catch up with her. And she says, you need to, um, you should be with my little sister. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's a good girl and, and you should you should take her away and be with her. And so she ends up being executed and the little sister uh, goes away with Angel. Yeah. And we assuming, you know, they get married um, and stay together. So that is kind of the basic. Sorry, that took a long time, but that's the basic story um, of Tess of the Durbar Bells. Yeah. So my first question, my biggie. (laughs) Okay. Um would be okay so he's okay with so angel is okay with tess um murdering alec but he's not okay with alec raping her and her being a victim right there he's i mean i feel like throughout the book Okay, obviously the big one that usually gets people and gets me, too, is the whole Angel, he's such a hypocrite. Yeah, I mean, Angel being such a hypocrite. Yeah. So he is allowed to have this fling in London, and Uh it's not a deal. Right. But she is damaged goods because she got raped. Right. Against her, I mean, she's against her will. She's been, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, not even a choice that she made. Yeah. And I think that when I was reading up on the author, he talked a little, or the, the person that I was reading the article on, um, talked a little bit about how Hardy, the, the author, um, was trying to put across this idea of like Tess being, having no choice really. Um, like yeah. things just happening to her and that she didn't really have like a free will, um, yeah. which you can r- clearly see in all of her quote unquote decisions or like things that really yeah. do happen to her in the book. And right. I think that this is one of them, you know, obviously she was raped and she had no choice in the matter as to what happened to her and yet he had this choice and he looked down on her because of something that happened to her. Right. Um, and I do think it wasn't so much that she, cause he admits like you were, I think he says something yeah. along the lines of you were more sinned against than yeah. sinning. Yeah. But you're a different woman now mm-hmm. to me because you're not a virgin. Yeah. Um, and I do think coming from the 20th century, even as a Christian, yeah, it's so hard for us to get into the mindset of a Victorian oh, yeah. person, yeah. and the idea. I mean, as even even though we are Christians and we say, you know, you, you shouldn't have sex until you're married, and when you do, you should only have sex with your husband. We still see it all over the place, yes. and it's it's very very common in our culture. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we can quite understand <clears throat> the extent to which a person was just. You, you know, either either they were a wholesome, pure person and they were mm-hmm. a virgin or they were a, a, a wayward woman or a, 
uh, you know, that kind of thing. And it really did only apply to women. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it just, you know, and, and I don't, I don't think it's possible for us to really quite understand that mindset. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's sick. Mm-hmm. It's really sick. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is the way it was. Yeah. Kind of makes you wonder like, what things are we accepting right now that are yep. sick that, yep. uh, or that just are common that yep. we don't see as what they truly are like yeah thought processes or yep you know it, yeah and and it's there and I know it is yeah it has to be I, it I, is in every society and every yeah um every century every you know every human because yeah. every human is flawed so yep. of course yeah well I my other question then it kind of goes along with that would be who do you think really wronged her more I guess do you think it was Angel or do you feel like it was Alec um that's a tough one I know it really is I know (laughs) um I mean I think in the long run, probably Angel, mm-hmm. um, because as much as Alec hurt her, and he did, mm-hmm. um, he was um, acting out of his character. Mm-hmm. Like, that was just who he was as a person. Yeah. And Angel, um, he, you know, it, it's like he was, I mean, I think it, I remember saying at some point, like, his sarcasm was like, um, oh, kind of like, like, throwing sarcasm at a cat or a dog. Like, she didn't, Mm. it's not that she was stupid and she didn't understand it. It's just that, like, she was just such a sweet and wholesome person. She didn't, it didn't, it bounced right off of her. She just loved him so much. She didn't, she never wanted to hurt him. She never wanted him to feel... Um, any pain or any sorrow and so she took all of that blame on herself Mm -hmm. and he heaped it on hard I mean he just yeah like she already blamed herself Mm -hmm. but then after that she I think she just believed oh I'm just scum of the earth yeah because if that's what Angel thinks then it's true yeah and you know he yeah I agree with you I think that she was able to pick up her life a little bit pick up the pieces after what happened with Alec. I think what happened after Angel was more psychologically damaging to her. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Because she had finally experienced love. To be honest, I'm not sure how much she'd really experienced love. Yeah. I mean, I feel like even her family just kind of used her. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe at times they felt they didn't have any choice but to use her. Mm. But... I mean, her, her family is a doozy. Yeah. I mean, they just, they, they started off by just not protecting her mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And it, in fact, the opposite, pushing her into harm's way yep. on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, because apparently they didn't really have any choice. Well, they did. Right. They did have a choice. Right. Um, their, their main job is, is to protect their children and they didn't do it. Right. Um, well, and that whole conversation so, with her mom about after uh, she went home and told her mom what happened with Alec, and her mom was like, yeah. "Well, you're going to marry him, right?" And she made it. 
she made yeah. Tess feel like an idiot for saying that somebody raped her. Like, right? she just, she poo-pooed it totally and just was like, oh, this is a good thing. Now you can get married. Well, that's great. She acted like, oh, now you've bagged him. Uh-huh. Like, now, now you have him. Right. Because he, he has to marry he, he did the deed, so now you have to get mm-hmm. married. Yeah. Um, like, she had trapped a man. Like, it was, she acted almost like it was a conniving thing. Mm. Well, maybe because that's Which I think in, in her world. Act. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, in her, in her mind, that, that's how it made sense. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she just didn't have the courage to look at the truth um, and realize her part in it. Because what could she I don't do? Know. <laughs> I mean, that's right. no excuse, but, you know, maybe that's what she was feeling. I don't know. Yeah. Because that would be that would be extremely hard to face that you were the reason that your child right. was hurt and if, so badly. If she did face that, what's gonna happen? She's gonna go to him and have a conversation. What? I mean, he's not gonna be arrested. Right. He's not gonna. Nothing is right. going to come from it. I'm sure they probably felt right. very trapped, you know, in that reality. Like, even if I do stand up. Yep. What can I do? Right, What's nothing. Gonna it's be not done? gonna do anything. Nobody's gonna do right. anything. Yeah. There's no just. There's there won't be any justice for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It honestly, it it kind of, the entire story sort of made me think of of Tamar, hmm. and Judah, hmm. and how oh, yeah. even though what Tamar did was wrong, yeah. Um. I got to be careful how I say it. Yeah. It's not that it, it was still sin what she did, yes. but she did it because there was a much bigger sin happening mm. and she wanted justice. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why. Yeah. I think that that's, yeah. I don't know if it was necessarily a, a, a bigger sin. I think no, not necessarily bigger, but I don't know how to. I don't know how to say there it. There was like, an injustice that happened that she felt she needed to make right. Right. Yep. And really, it, you know, because because other people were sinning, she wasn't going to get justice on right. her own. Exactly. But anyway, yeah, that, that's what it kind of made me think of. Yeah. Um. Hmm. What did you think about? First of all. Um. Angel and Tess's love for each other. Did you think it was true love? Did you think it was um, like infatuation? Did you think, what did you think about that? I thought it was, I don't, I, that's a hard question because I think there was this big secret that she was keeping the whole time that she never opened up to him about until they got married. And I don't know, I feel like it was not. Uh, not that it was not true love, but that it was conditional and that she maybe didn't know, um, what true love really was. And maybe he didn't either. I don't know. Because then when they got back together, that seemed strange to me too, especially after she, she kills Alec. Right. And it's like, where in his mind does he think, oh, now I love her? <laughs> like, like I don't right. know. I think that it, the book describes her as, like, you know, beautiful, innocent, uh, yep. honest person. 
with a good character. And so I think that, you know, it's very possible that maybe he just was infatuated with her and with her looks. I, I, I don't know if I would ever yeah. say that they were truly in love. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Um, I would say Angel had at least the example of love yes. or what appeared to be love in his family. Mm-hmm. His parents seemed like they genuinely, um, you know, cared for each other and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and they seemed like just genuinely loving people. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I don't think tests, I, I don't know. Ever I mean, I think it was that. more a convenient thing. Yeah. And I, and I also think that, you know, in, in modern times, um, com- like honesty uh-huh. is considered a really, um, you know, a, a cornerstone of relationship mm. in general, not even necessarily romantic relationship. Mm. Um, we, you know, in, in our modern times, we view honesty as, you know, you know, you can't have a real relationship unless you're honest with each other, this kind of thing. And I'm not sure that was really the case back then. I, I think don't know there if was it's necessarily of... the case now. I think to us, and you might be you right. And me, I think that that's a very important thing to be open and honest with our spouses or, you know, with the people that we love. Yeah. I don't know if our society does view that as important, though. And maybe you're right. Um, you know, I, I know specifically with marriage, when you know, coming from a society like England, where for thousands of years, it's been basically a commercial contract, Mm. you know, is what marriage was. Mm -hmm. Um, The lower classes, it would really be uh, more to legitimize children than Mm -hmm. almost anything else and help help with work. Mm -hmm. Um, And then with the upper classes, it was it was a contract, it was joining of, you know, usually the more powerful families would join and, yeah. you know, the, the, there was the hierarchy of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I could see where coming from that as your background, mm-hmm. honesty just doesn't even really matter mm-hmm. as much. Mm-hmm. Um, who cares whether you have something in your past or not? Right. We're, we're just joining forces because you got money and I got money. Or, you or got if you have somebody money, on the side title. because, yeah. you know, it's not really about my commitment to you anyway it's about financial stability or yep you know or title or or family name yeah yeah i think for for tess it could very well have been security though with angel yeah i don't think she was trying to trap him in any way because she was very open and honest with him about about um, not what happened to her, but that there was something in her past. Right. And then she yep. multiple times tried to tell him and just, you know, got stuck. on. <laughs> she couldn't do it. So yeah. I think she tried to be honest with him. But then once they were married, she probably did feel secure and like she could open up to him. And then he, you know, he, I, I feel like he betrayed her too. So, yeah. I, so this is, I mean, I, I think that they kind of, um, I do think that there was, for sure on, on Angel's side, there was a lot of idealizing. I think he oh, idealized yeah. her. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm not sure he really saw her for who she was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she did the same with him because if you remember when Alec comes back and he's had this conversion or whatever, mm-hmm. um, he starts asking her about Angel and saying, you know, well, what does Angel think about all this? And she mm-hmm. starts spouting off like theology stuff that she doesn't even understand. Mm-hmm. But she just remembered him saying it. Mm. And she said, well, that if it's good enough for Angel, it's good enough for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think she, I mean, I think she kind of idealized him in some ways, too. Yeah. And saw him as the anti-Alec. Mm. And, you know, I, so I, yeah, it's so, it's funny. I The copy of the book that I got, mm-hmm. um, I don't know where I got it. I don't remember. But I'm pretty cheap, so I probably got it at a secondhand yeah. shop. But anyway, um. It was clearly like a student had it or something because in the front it has all these little um, acronyms. Hmm. <laughs> FVF equals fate versus free will. Yeah. IVR equals ideal versus real. And she's yeah. labeled throughout yeah. the book all these different areas that mm-hmm. she's like finding these themes in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she was probably right on that whole idealization thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got a lot of the IVR, which is funny. But anyway, it goes on. There's more, which I just thought was hilarious. I'm yeah. like, oh, this is totally a student's book. Um, but anyway, yeah, I do think there was a lot of um, rose-tinted yeah. goggle viewing yeah. between them. So I do have um, another question about a couple of incidences. Yeah. Um, what do you think was... Go- okay, first of all, what do you think was going on with Alec and that whole conversion thing? Like, what what was that? Uh, was that just Hardy saying, like, Christianity I, yeah. doesn't make sense, and if you really think about it, you're going to realize it doesn't make sense? Oh, I think he was definitely trying to say that. I think he was also trying to say that you might think that you know what you believe when it comes to God, but it's all just hooky-dooky. It's all just, you know, <laughs> like, it's nothing. Yeah. I, I Because he honestly, Alec honestly thought that he uh, had this big realization and he was a Christian and he believed in God. And then when Tess yeah. came back into his life, he was like, I can't do it. I... Pretty much making her his god. Yeah. Um, and it was her fault, too, because she tempted him. Right. Yeah. Classic. So, um... Like, yeah. here's an idea, dude. Go away so you won't be temp- tempted. Right. I know. Like, it's I like... told you to leave me alone over and over. Right. And over and over. <laughs> right. And then he just totally drops the religion thing. Now, it's like... Yeah. Obviously, he wasn't really a Christian, but I don't think that's right. what the author is trying to say. I think he's trying to say that, you know, it's all meaningless. Yeah. That's what I Yeah, I felt like, that. yeah, I feel like Hardy definitely, like, took a lot of jabs at Christianity. Yes. But you've got to wonder if what he had seen that was supposed to be, supposed to be Christianity. Mm. Because I kind of go, okay, well... What you're describing, that's not a real question anyway. So yeah. if that's what you've been seeing, then I'm not surprised that you think it's all crap. Right. You know? Right. Because um, it is what what you're seeing and what I, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, it, it definitely made me think about the seed on rocky soil. Like he mm. 
sprang up out of nowhere. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's a Christian. And yeah. I'm, and, and not just, like, a Christian, but, like, I'm the most vehement. I'm going to start preaching. Right. I'm going to st- I'm gonna go around and, like, all to all the towns. And, yeah. You know, like, I mean, just, yeah. And there Rocky was no, saw, like, real, no real, real story there either. Right. He, he, right. It was just, like, I, I realized I was, a, I was a sinner. Right. Okay. You know, and? like. And? That's <laughs> it. Because that's, that's not the end. Right. Um. Yeah, he just, he had no root whatsoever, and, like, the sun beats down, and he's out, you know? Do you think he partly felt that way because of his past with Tess, or do you think he had no um, guilt over that whatsoever? I mean, there may have been some guilt there, but he definitely, I mean, he talks about she, he talks about that she's the first uh, woman that, basically where he said no means no and or where she said no means no he did it anyway Mm -hmm. and then she ran away like almost as if she actually had meant it Uh huh you know yeah and so he so you know that there's a history of this first of all Mm. yeah this isn't the first this isn't the first woman whose Uh life he's ruined Mm -hmm. and um yeah, it's 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 a pattern, and mm-hmm. I am I totally lost my train of thought. What were, what were you asking me about? <laughs> I just totally lost it. Um, I don't know. Just cut this part out. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I don't peeps, I'm sorry. My brain is not great these days. Um, I was but asking there's no there's no you... <laughs> there's no coffee in my brain. Yeah, I'm just gonna say it. I'm just gonna say thing. it. So. <laughs> I'm doing all of this without caffeine. No. Um, uh, I was asking if you thought he that conversion was in part because he he felt guilty about what he did to Tess. Yeah. Um, I guess my long answer is no, because I don't think that I think he. I think there might have been a little bit of of guilt there, mm. but it was more about like, gosh, I guess I should, you know, I, maybe maybe she really was like a good girl and I should maybe I guess you know mm. I, I don't feel like it was real no but I yeah, don't I agree with you but then why would he say that he was a sinner what was he sin what did he think he sinned against or who, who did he think he sinned against you know what I mean I don't know like, I mean I think that he I think that he just realized in general he had horrible character and that he, you know, he hadn't done anything useful in his whole life. And in fact, he mostly went around hurting people. Right. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I that's my like guess. I feel like there's a disconnect there. Like, yeah. like you he feel definitely bad wasn't about your past, but you're not willing to acknowledge that Tess was part of your past. That you hurt her. That what you did to her was right. wrong. But you right. just, I don't, I don't know. I think that's a flaw on maybe Harvey's part. I think... That he was thinking that he could fix it by marrying her. Mm. Yes, uh, he didn't see the actual, like, forcing someone to do that against their will as being the sin. He saw it as, I I took away um, the option of marriage. Yeah. So I can fix it. It's a one-for-one one with him. Like, he's he's like, I, I have the ability to fix it because she's already technically my wife. Although it was a very selfish fix because he wanted her as his wife. Right. That's what he really wanted all along. He wanted, well, 
maybe not all along because he kind of yeah. used her and dumped her in the beginning. Yeah. But I think once he was a Christian man, <laughs> so to speak, right. that he, that's probably what he wanted. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. He's a little bit of a, uh, I don't quite get his character. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's because I'm looking at it through the lens of a true Christian and I don't understand like his motives or yeah, the thought process behind a lot of his actions. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think you're probably right, but I just, he definitely, there was a, a disconnect. He didn't, mm-hmm. He he obviously didn't understand what true repentance looked like. Yeah. Um. So okay, and then I have like two more things. Okay, there was okay. a couple of things in the book that I didn't really find super believable. Okay. Um. One of them was Tess killing Alec. Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't really. I mean, I didn't buy it. Like she. I... I mean, I think we're supposed to believe she just snapped. Yeah. That was the, I feel like the ending was so strange. I mean, I was surprised by it. I was like, what? But I, that's totally not in her character. Is that how it was supposed to be? Because it's not in her character or. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't, I, yeah, that was strange to me and very unbelievable. Yeah. I've been this good, innocent girl my whole life. Things have just happened to me and then bam. I'm going to kill him. I snapped. I snapped, man. I don't know what to tell you. I snapped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I killed him. But she doesn't I mean, even say just... that. She's just like, he's dead. We can be together now. Like, yeah. And it's almost like he wants you to think she's, she's snapped in the sense that like, she's turned psycho. Like she's yeah. so deranged that she doesn't even, she's not even realizing that she did something wrong yeah. in killing him. But then, but then Angel's response too of just right, like being totally fine with it and yeah, let's get together. Like, I mean, I think what he, I think maybe what Hardy was trying to do was to show that maybe, I don't know, again, this is a guess, but that Angel knew that she had done wrong and he knew she was eventually going to get caught. So let's just have a cup, have this last mm. time together. Cause we're never going to see, you know, she's going to get caught mm. and um, I'm just going to keep her happy because I have wronged her so much mm. that I don't want to hurt her again. I'll just, I'm not going to tell her she did something wrong. Mm. I'm just going to let the, the natural consequences happen. And in the meantime, I'm going to keep her happy and enjoy mm. the time we have. I don't know. That was my take on it. Like, yeah. maybe he, maybe I, that was what he was thinking. I don't know. I don't know, because that seems a little bit out of character for him, too. He's hurt her Yeah, for time. someone that was so... And sometimes so intentionally. Over, yeah, I mean, uh, for someone that was so overwrought by the idea of being with someone uh-huh. who was not a virgin, yeah. to be, then go around, go, turn around and be okay with being with someone that was a murderer right yeah maybe there's this uh, deeper connection there that we are just not getting yeah i don't know i don't know yeah and then the other thing that i didn't quite didn't quite 
resonate as like, okay, this is really getting a little mm-hmm. far-fetched, was Angel and running away with... Yes! Her sister. Is it La- Liza, Liza, Liza Lou. Lou or something like that? Mm-hmm. Liza Lou? Yeah. Um, I was like, what? I know. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, this, like she said end. that. And I don't know what she totally meant when she said that to him. Like, I don't know if she was entirely insincere or not. Mm. But... I think he was going for, like, she's kind of deranged. Like, she's lost it. She's gone crazy. But then crazy. he actually does go But then he her. actually does it. Uh-huh. So if, if we're going with the she's lost it, she's snapped, <laughs> she's crazy. Right. And then you take her advice? Right. She's clearly not giving good advice because she ain't, you know, all there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It was very odd. Yeah. The ending. And also I kind of didn't. I didn't like that because of the fact that her family had only ever taken from her. Mm-hmm. And I know this is a younger sister. She she didn't do anything wrong technically, but she's part of the whole reason that Tess yeah. kind of got screwed over from beginning to end. Yeah. And I don't, I, I, it makes me mad that in the end, her family still won was, out almost, you was, know, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because Maybe of, that's why. It's written that way because these, like we were talking about, the the things that are always happening to her. She has no free will in the end when, I don't know, either he was thinking she does have free will now to say to Angel, go with my sister. Or she's saying that, but really her family is taking from her once again, even in her final days. Yeah, that's kind of what it felt like to me. Yeah. But also, I didn't really buy that Angel would do that. That just didn't feel realistic to me. There was, like, no connection. Between, you heard about her, like, once. Two seconds ago. Like, she's not even a character in this book exactly. until literally four seconds ago. Like, and then the end, they they get together. They get married, right? I, I mean, I'm assuming, that's the assumption. Yeah. yeah that they're so, going to be together. Yeah. <laughs> I just found that a little unbelievable. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I didn't I didn't get that part either. I wasn't buying it. I wasn't buying yeah. what he was selling. And he shouldn't have been peddling it. <laughs> um so I think we're probably about ready to wrap up. Am yes, I Yes, wrap so, her up. Yeah, okay. Um so do you wanna do you wanna give your rating first? Sure. Okay. Um, for this book, I would give Tess of the Durbervilles a three, which is an eight o'clock. Okay, eight o'clock. Yes. I enjoyed Why? it. Uh, I enjoyed the story, but, um, uh, other than Tess, even Tess sometimes, I was mostly just angry at all the characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was angry at Tess. I was angry Fair. at Angel. I was angry at Alec. I was angry at her family. Nobody ever stood up for yeah. her. She didn't stand up for herself. Um, yep. So the characters were never lovable or, I mean, yeah. I just, it was a good read. It was enjoyable. I would recommend it. And that's why I gave it a three. But uh, parts of the story just kind of broke apart for me. And definitely the ending was like, yeah, didn't make much sense to me. Yeah, Um, it was it was different. 
And I'm sure that uh, that the author had uh, some some meanings going on there that you know that I did not catch. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> or it, I know not, there's a lot there. Yeah, yeah, or did not dig deep enough to you know. Well, I had the cheat sheet, so yeah, <laughs> I had the cheat copy. Told me where everything was, all the, you know, symbolism and the social criticism. Yes, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I needed that, that version. I'll lend you my copy. Look yeah. through at all the notes. Yeah, so I would give it an eight o'clock. Okay, all right, respectable. Yeah, your turn. Um, I so you're gonna think I'm, I'm copying, but I'm not copying. <laughs> um. But I also gave it an eight o'clock. Okay. Um, what for were me, your reasons? so same old story, second verse. I read this years and years <laughs> ago, and I honestly don't even remember when it was. But um, I remember reading it and thinking I really liked that, yeah. and I really enjoyed it. And but I don't, I didn't really even remember the story, except I had, rem- I remember that she had got raped and it didn't end well, and that's about mm-hmm. it. So I was like, well, this will be good because I don't remember what happens. Mm. So, um, this time through, I honestly, I struggled a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I was like, oh, this is a slog. Like, I just, it just felt like (laughs) drudging through the mud for some reason. I don't know. Like, I just, at at some points I was like, I don't want to finish this book. I'm bored. Like, it is a heavier. It's heavy, but also the actual language and, um, Mm -hmm. the continuous kind of poking at Christianity and like mm-hmm. saying that the natural world is so much better if we just leave Christianity out of it. And, mm-hmm. um, it, it just, it was a tough read for me this time for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Um, and, and there were points where I was like, I'm not going to finish it. I'm bored. Mm. I'm like, it's not, ugh, yeah. you know, but even that being said, I, I, I hit a certain point where it started to sort of flow again. I was yeah. like, okay, okay. I'm back in. I'm interested in what's going to happen. And, um, and overall, I do think the story is good. Mm-hmm. And I think it raises a lot of really good questions and a lot of really good points about, yeah. um, you know, our society and what we deem as okay sins and not okay yeah. sins and yeah. what we, um, and how we view, um, you know, quote unquote sinners or that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I, I, I actually, you know, I say that he poked a lot, but he also did include the clergyman and his wife, who I honestly felt like were just very loving people. Yes. Um, they wanted to, you know, help, help anyone who, yeah. you know, didn't know Christ. And I, so I, I, he at least included that. And I thought yeah, that that's was really true. fair of him. Yeah. Um, even though he presents it as like <laughs> Angel thinks they're kind of simpletons practically to, mm-hmm. to believe this this junk mm-hmm. you know yeah um but they live it they don't just believe it they live it right right so there was at least that and there was like i said it, it had a lot of redeeming things to it so at, at one point in the book i was like i am so giving this thing a, a Folgers <laughs> or a duncan you know um but by the end i, I came around to an eight o'clock yeah so yeah yeah well so that's where hey. I landed. I'll tell you what, though. Next time you go first. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, dear. Let's face it. We'll probably rate the next one the exact same. Well, sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. You never know. Oh, that's true. 
speaking of the next one. <laughs> yes. Do you want to want to inter- introduce sure. the next book? So this is one that's been around for a while and um, I have never read it. I think you have, right? I, I have, but I'll enjoy reading it again. Okay. Um, and yeah. I think, you know, a lot. it might be on a lot of, um, like, reading, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking like for? Like book lists? Or... Yeah, for, like, high school kids. So it's not, Oh, like, okay. It's not, Required like, reading kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, but the book is called Unbroken. You've probably heard of it. It's by Laura Hillenbrand. And yeah. um, it's about a man during World War II and uh, kind of his life story. So um, yeah. I've already started it, actually, and I'm enjoying it so far. So um, yeah. it should be interesting, but it's obviously not fiction. So uh, that's a little bit of a change for us. But yep. we like to Non-fiction. spice it up. So, yep. There's our and little... I've become much more of a fan of nonfiction Me over the too. last couple years. I really enjoy it. So. Even just the last, like, couple years for me. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So, yeah. Yeah. So, we hope that you join us next time for Grounds for Discussion, where the coffee and the books are a perfect blend. <laughs>